there and welcome back to the Pimacara Podcast. I'm Matthew Stewart and I'm here today with... I'm Jack Ward and uh, we are currently missing Luke Smith. So we have a special guest of... Ryan Chevers. Alright, so guys, today we're going to be talking about the transfer window. So Jig, would you like to uh, yourself? Yeah, sort of like the craziest transfer window ever. Like uh, signing, like Bars... Well, PSG did sign Real Madrid's and Barcelona's captains, which are like Ramos and Messi, which probably is like the biggest two signings that a club has ever made like in the one transfer window plus like 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 Messi to PSG like no one saw it coming Uh, like everyone was like oh Messi's gonna stay at Barcelona Messi's gonna stay at Barcelona and then they're like stupid wage thing and all like the way the La Liga's run now it's a bit bit like bit dodgy I know like they had to cut everyone's wages like uh, your man Junior Firpo who went to Leeds he, he just got completely cut Emerson, who just went to he just went to Spurs, the left back. He also got completely cut. Uh, there's some uh, Ilax Mar- Mariba, I think it is. Yeah, he got just like completely like cut his complete uh, what's it called contract, and he's now just set at RB Leipzig or Salzburg. I'm not too sure, but like they they're completely their like club is so badly run now. From like what a, an amazing club they were. It's a bit pathetic now. Yeah, like everyone's con- like contracts where you just been cut down as well. Yeah, it's it's Katie and PK as well. And I yeah, wanna s- I want to say before we start, I know nothing about this. Uh, yeah, you guys are gonna have to teach me. Uh, yeah, so with Barcelona, like their own, pl- like they couldn't. They had signed Aguero and Dimitri Payet, and no, not Payet. Depay. Depay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, they signed Depay, and he. They, everyone had to take different wage cuts to be able to even Afford make, it. yeah, to to sign them on. Yeah. They they had they were screwed. So like likes of PK and um, Teddy and all, yeah, who had to take wage cuts. Do you think those people would uh, leave the team then, or no? Like, they they want to stay. Like Aguero wanted to stay and play with Messi. That was his whole reason of leaving uh, Man City. Yeah, and then he was like, "I'll see you." And then he went to PSG. So. Well, he's out for three months and he also wants to leave, so it's sort of a bad do for Barcelona. Yeah, what he's, what's he injured with at the moment? Calf, I think. I can't be just, I'm not too sure. Something like that. Uh, but another big transfer, Ronaldo, like oh, greatest yeah. player of all time. My go. Uh, <coughs> no, uh, there's no greater ah, player Messi. than Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo can do things that no other man can. Aubameyang, maybe. No, shut <laughs> up. Uh, Ronaldo is the biggest. This is the biggest signing of the window, no doubt about it. I say ever. How much did he get signed for? A. It was only. It was very cheap. It was only like twenty million. But he. Twenty million. He is. He is thirty six, and but he is the yeah. best player ever. Do you know what his weekly wage is? Five hundred k, like something four hundred eighty k. I think he's making. Jesus. He's making. Tw- is it? I'm not too sure. I think it's 25 million a year, and then he has a two-year contract. Sure. Messi's making just under a million a week. And yeah, it's, cra- like it's crazy. Three quarters of a million, a bit more maybe a week. That is ridiculous. Uh, like, uh, but like they are the two. Well, Ronaldo's greatest ever, and then Messi's second. So they probably do deserve those wages, but probably yeah. not now because they are 34 and yeah, one's 36. Yeah, stage of their career as well. Could be going downhill from. Like where they were a few years ago. Uh, Ronaldo will still get 20, 30 goals yeah. this season. Even. Yeah, I'm sure he'll still play well. It's yeah, been a while since being at Man U, but when he was. Can't there. wait to watch him. Uh, Newcastle this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and now for United as well, uh, Jaden Sancho and Varane. 
two yeah. two massive signings. Two massive signings. Like so Sanchez only a young guy, isn't he? 20, twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then Varane, like serial winner, same at Ronaldo. Ronaldo's Mr. Champions League, and Varane was his centre back. Yeah. Can't wait to watch United. Like it's just so. Uh, I can't even describe it. Uh, and then. Like Chelsea made huge signings. Lukaku, who uh, has played for and kissed the badge of many clubs. Ever, uh, there's a picture. Yeah, of him he's on, just been moving around. I saw on Insta- uh, there's a picture on Instagram of him. Like he was kissing the United badge. He kissed the Everton badge. He kissed the West Brom badge. And he also uh, what else did he do? He he kissed the Inter badge literally like right before he moved out, and then he kissed the Chelsea badge on his debut. He must be on some amount of pay as well. Uh, sure. I, I yeah, have yeah. absolutely no clue what he's on, but uh, he is a great player. And then Arsenal, like probably made, like spent the most money, but they have in the Premier League. But like they had, they made signed Aaron Ramsdale, who got, has got relegated. He got relegated from the club he was at, then went to Sheffield United, got relegated from Sheffield United, and then went to uh, Arsenal. So if he goes on the yeah. ring, the streak of getting relegated every club, uh, oh, yeah. they are twentieth in the league. Sure, they didn't make any big signings either, did they? They they spent a hundred yeah. hundred and fifty or hundred and thirty million on Odegaard, who was a bang average player. Uh, Odegaard, Ramsdale, and ben. ben White. Yeah, that that is a bit of ridiculous. Fifty million, like. He's just, it's it, it's going to be the same as Maguire. Everyone was saying, oh, Maguire is 80 million. Oh, uh, he's going to be, like, it's such a waste of money. But Maguire's like, a world-class centre-back, though. Yeah, I know, but Ben, like, he wasn't, he was not world-class when he signed for United for 80 million. He was good, but he was nowhere near as, like, 80 million worth. It's all, like, English tax. Now, would you say he would go for 80 mil? Uh, it depends on his contract, because, like, uh, uh, when you're, like, have a, contract as long as some players do like Mason Greenwood that's why he's like he's worth like 150 million purely because his contract's so long and he's English and he's so young being English and because there's not many homegrown English talents that you need to everyone wants to pay a lot of money for them yeah yeah uh there was another couple big like some ones that went under the radar like Giroud to AC Milan Tammy Abraham to Roma Roma yeah and Jose Mourinho to Roma as well which is like his football's a bit outdated, but Tommy Haberan looks quality underneath under him. Like he completely new player. Like he looks so much better than what he was under uh, when Ch- when he was at Chelsea. He has like that chance to go out and do yeah. what he wants. Yeah, Chelsea weren't really giving him an opportunity. Like, nah, he was club for him at all. He like he 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 was their main striker under Frank Lampard, and then when like. When Tuchel came in, just didn't use him at all. Well, he wasn't yeah. main. He wasn't main the second season. Frank Lampard had them, but he was like still quality striker. Yeah, just a bit of a waste of talent when they didn't play him. Yeah, but uh, like they did have like much better players than he. Um, but like he sort of do like you can just let him express himself and all. So like he can do what he wants. Yeah. Uh, and more transfers. There was. Are there any other big signings for clubs like in the Premier League? Uh, like. Not not much in the Premier League. Grealish, like, to, Grealish City. to City again, a hundred million for hundred million, hundred million for Grealish, which is the most expensive transfer this window. And uh, like, it's a bit. I think it's a bit ridiculous, but he like City wanted him, and that's how much like you. They had to pay for that's him. That's yeah. all. Like they weren't giving him giving away for a hundred because that's how much he was worth to Aston Villa. Yeah, it's not how much he's like City have the money; they can just do what they want. 
And uh, sure, he's been playing well for them. So uh, yeah, he's been doing all right. Like, yeah. not too bad. Uh, who else signed? David Alaba went to uh, Madrid. Madrid. Yes, uh, that that was another one that went quite under the radar. Ray radar, but like they have from having Ramos and Varane to having like Eder Militao yeah. and David Alaba. Yeah. It's a bit, bit shocking. Bit of downgrade. Yeah, and uh, like the Mbappe situation. Mbappe was like well gonna go. Like he was set on going to Real Madrid for. Like yeah, and Real Madrid were willing. They were willing to pay two hundred, like match the Neymar fee of two hundred and twenty million, which like surely they take because he's just gonna go for free next season when his, uh, when his contract's up. Yeah, like I think he's bought, exactly. doing a buyer clause with Madrid in January. Oh really? Uh, I'd say I'd say I'll just sit out. Like if they're doing it on the Champions League, I couldn't see why Mbappe would leave in January unless he's like very understudy. Like he's a lot big understudy. Like under Messi, because sometimes he does get played on the wing. Uh, and is he still playing at PSG then? Yeah, Mbappe is. Yeah. Who's uh, there? Uh, who would be on their top then? Like uh, they've Na- got to have some team at the moment. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Neymar. Like their their squad depth is just unmatched. Neymar, Mbappe, Messi. Then they have like is Icardi still out there, or did he go back? I to, think he's still there. Uh, he. They have Di Maria, who is world class. Yeah. They just signed Hakimi. They have Ramos, Kimpembe, Marquinhos. They signed Gianluigi uh, Donnarumma, who's like did amazing in the Euros. They also have like their their left back Juan Bernat, who's quality. Uh, they also like their their squad is just too good. It's like, just mad to think how much that squad would sell for oh, or anything like, crazy. like that. Yeah. Like I saw some stat and it was like Man United. There was City squad like to buy is nine hundred and sixty million, and then United's was. Some like it was wasn't much less. It was like eight hundred and something. But yeah. like just to see the money that is in football is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, I think that's all. Is that all we're talking about today? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we're coming back next time with Luke hopefully, and we're going yeah, to talk we can, about we can conspiracy see theories and stuff like that. But uh, it was very nice to have you on the podcast today, Ryan. So thank you for coming along. Thank you very much, Ryan. And uh, yeah, see you, see you later. next time, guys. When the night falls, make the right call, or she'll be gone forever. Welcome to the Temple Car Podcast. I am here with Callum, Alex, and Cheetos. And today we are going to be talking about the Denver airport and the conspiracy theories surrounding it. So, lads, how are you? Not too bad. Good. Yeah, it's grand. Right, so, how are we going to start this? Denver airport, lots of conspiracy theories surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a. Yeah, okay. What is up with that freaky horse in the front? The horse. Oh yeah, it's called Blucifer. Yeah, it's uh, picture here. It's weird. Yeah, it's very interesting. Glowing red eyes as well. It's a. It was a. It's a blue Mustang, known as Blucifer, thirty-two feet, made of fiberglass. Wow. Uh, it was a sculpture made by an artist called Luis Jimenez. Uh, not sure if that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, at the University of, and it's a, uh, it's actually inspired by a sculpture in the University of Oklahoma. But the uh, in the constru- when it was being constructed, uh, the uh, artist was actually killed by a piece falling off of it. Uh, so that's also why it's kind of a bit evil. Something else that's crazy about the airport. Uh, design the runway. What's up mm. with that? 
Oh yeah, it's the design of the runways a bit uh, sketchy. Well, well, what's the uh, what's it made out to look like as a again? A Nazi symbol. Swastika. Swastika. Yeah. Um, there's speculations about it. Was the airport was built by the New World Order? You know about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, the conspiracy theory is that uh, see, it was it was two billion dollars over budget when it was being built. So. They were kind of like, where's where's this money going? And originally they said that uh, there was buildings not built properly before, and they didn't. Instead of demolishing them, they built on top of them. And uh, people think that there's underground tunnels and underground bunkers and stuff all around the all around the airport. And there's a, a lot of uh, evil conspiracies. They think the airport has crazy designs, like uh, the gargoyles and stuff. Oh uh, yeah, there's a lot of gargoyles around. There's some. Uh, some gargoyles at the baggage area because gargoyles are known to, uh, they used to be known for uh, warding off spirits, evil spirits. So there's a lot of gargoyles over at the uh, baggage area to ward off evil spirits, I guess. And uh, what's the story with the uh, Illuminati? What What's link with the airport and the Illuminati there? Oh, yeah. So because the there was a time capsule left in on the property that it was built on, uh, with symbols uh, of the Freemasons, which are linked to the Illuminati. So I think people made the uh, assumption that uh, Illuminati had something to do with it. And the fact that it was $2 billion over budget, wherever they got that money from. like. Um, yeah, one thing I heard, though, is that um, apparently underneath the airport, people think that there is a... that it, if the in the end of the world, that's where the president um, would go. Apparently, yeah. one day when America was um, on like a, they were on high alert for terrorism. They was, thought there was going to be a terrorist attack. Um, mm-hmm. President Obama, um, by a pure coincidence, was in was in Colorado. So they think that they thought there was going to be a terrorist attack that day. So they so they rushed him to Colorado. Oh God! So when was it built again? Nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Yeah. And uh. Speculations really started in 2010, around there, didn't it? 2010? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And there's a lot of artwork around the... Uh, yeah, like hints the Armageddon and how the world's going to end, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few pictures. There's uh, there's a weird pieces of art that are around the uh, in the airport. There's one... Uh, oh, besides the uh, giant horse statue, there's a mural by artist Leo T- Tanguma... Uh, which has some believed uh, alleged Nazi imagery uh, in the mirrors as proof that, that the airport is somehow linked to that to the fascist uh, society. Uh, but in reality, that that mural is just about peace and uh, a healthy uh, a healthy environment, according to the Denver Post, which is very uh, against all the conspiracy theories. And Who, uh, or how did they come up with the conspiracy that? The airport contained the Illuminati headquarters. Where did that start? Oh, that was because of that time capsule with the the. That was started there. It was the time capsule and the fact that it was two billion dollars over budget. I don't know how you can go that much over budget for an airport. But uh, they, I think they were a bit like, where have you got this? Where's this money come from? Why is there so? Why is it? Where's there so much? Like, where's it gone? It's an impressive airport in its own right, though, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's quite a big airport. Like, uh. It's one of like, I swear it's a 
quite busy all the time as well. It's not a, it's not really out of the way either. I, I don't think. I seen a statement uh, from one of the girls over there. Um, they're saying it's just to do with how it. It's just such a, such a great uh, airport that everyone thinks. Oh, this can't be true. It's because mm. the great infrastructure. It's just they're kind of. S- Trying to change the idea of the Illuminati being something to do with it, just to say, yeah, oh, they're just better airport than everyone else, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's the Illuminati thing. The do you know what was in the uh, time capsule? No, I I don't actually know that. Um. Uh. Well, moving on to the underground tunnels. Going, I'm gonna go a bit more in depth on that. So. The rumours surrounding the apocalypse, definitely some of the biggest conspiracy theories about the airport. Uh, And yes, it's not a theory that there are tunnels. There are tunnels, uh, including a train that runs between concourses. Uh, There's also a defunct automated baggage system. Uh, But the the tunnels are believed to have a more nefarious nature and uh, kind of reason behind them being there. Some people think that... uh, Tunnels also un- contain underground bunkers, uh, possibly built by lizard people or aliens that will serve as a safe place for the world's elite during the apocalypse, which uh, Alex mentioned there and was talking about uh, President Obama, was it? Yeah. So there's also theories that people think that uh, the tunnels lead directly to the North American Aerospace Defense, Com- uh, Defense Com- Command Post. I don't know if it's opposed, whatever. Uh, NORAD, it's that, which is located about 100 miles south of the airport in Colorado Springs. But that is kind of unlikely that there would be because uh, the airport was only built 26 years ago and for tunnels to go that far, take a few more decades than that, I'd say. Um, the airport has a uh, conspiracy theory on cover gallery. Um which I think is quite smart, trying to pose the idea of there being aliens and stuff. Yeah. Um, the museum shows a fake alien skull, and um, I think some of the things that might hint towards mm. Illuminati and um, conspiracies. Uh, I think that'd be quite smart. I think that's quite smart, though, if they, if they put that in there. Yeah, trying you to know, they're, they're, your head of the they're, they're, they're kind of playing on the idea that everybody thinks that there's something going on and they're like, ah, oh, we can capitalize on this, yeah. make money or something. And uh, I guess it is quite smart, playing to people's fears. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But um, but if um, if there is, like, a Nazi connection to the airport, then, but then, like, why? Like, why do you think there would be? Oh, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I guess it, it's... It's a, it's a big airport, and the, if there's, like, a lot of tunnels and stuff underneath it, it seems like it would be quite secure, and I guess it's it's obviously in the Western world. It's in America, so if there was Nazi links to it, I'd say it's quite a strategic move, but it, it's obviously Nazis aren't around anymore or anything, so I'm not sure that it would there's any connection to it, but there definitely is some... It's definitely a bit weird, like... To do with the runways, it's kind of... I'd say it'd be hard enough for it to be a coincidence of the design. Um, for it to link to a swastika, I think it'd be very hard for it to just yeah. accidentally turn into turn into the same shape and same design as it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, 
it's quite hard to predict that because nobody would, when you're making it, I'd say nobody's really looking out for it to make a swastika. In plans, you'd but see, like, if they've yeah, done yeah, it in yeah. plans before, it, like, there's a quite obvious shape. Yeah. Back to the, going back to this horse as well, actually. So creepy. Probably one of the creepiest things I've seen. Yeah, his eyes are scary. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was reading as well that, like, every three to five minutes, the, like, horse opens his mouth saying, like, some stuff saying, come with me and all that, to, like, the people that were around it. They're not really helping the fact that everyone's terrified of Yogi. <laughs> if, yeah, if what she does is saying it is true and it is... I mean, it probably is like some mechanical thing, and they they put that in on purpose. But that's it's quite impressive. that's quite that's quite, quite impressive. But it's it's quite, it's quite scary, sc- yeah, yeah. It's quite it's quite scary. And then the glowing red eyes, yeah. uh, and the fact the fact that when it was being built, that a piece broke off and fell and killed the artist two years before it was uh, completed. Oh, and so Cheetos has ha- has shown me something. That it said one time, welcome to the Il- Illuminati headquarters. I-, I mean, welcome to Denver International Airport. <laughs> that's crazy. Honestly, that's crazy. Um, I don't know how they'd, like, mechanically do that. Like, yeah. It's just mad. That is pretty interesting, though. Hmm? Hello, and you are very welcome to the Controversial Corner on the Temple Carrick podcast. I hear, have in here in front of me Nola, Megan and Kieran, three people full of opinions and full of contrasting opinions. Um, so I'm going to put forward a topic to Nola, Kieran and Megan, and I'm going to get their opinions on it. So our topic for today is, is our Irish education system fit for purpose, uh, purpose and have we progressed in the ways of learning? And in the ways of, when we were brainstorming for this podcast, we thought of um, walking into a room and seeing a room full of students in the 1950s and then coming in and looking at a room full of students now. And would our classrooms look much different? Um, So Kieran, I'm going to start with your opinions on that. All right, well, I think that fundamentally the shape of the classroom, the way the classrooms are laid out, they're pretty much identical to the way they were all those years ago. And I think the only real difference is the technology we use and the posters on the wall. Sure, the curriculum has sort of changed, but it's looking like they're going to bring that back now because of the, because of the pandemic. I agree completely. Um, and are we thinking enough about, in our new age, and we've, we, we talk so much all the time about, you know, we're so aware of different learning disabilities, of different, you know, modern ways of learning we've brought in ipads we've brought in things like this do you think that um teachers are implementing um different ways of learning into their plans do you think they're thinking of different ways we could be laying out classrooms megan i want to get your opinions on that um the basic layout hasn't changed well for some people there's like certain things but like everybody's still the vast majority still like look at the board take down the notes and everything there's not a vast difference between visual learners and like sound learners and so it's basically the same across the board for the majority of people. Um, another question we had put forward was, would teachers experiment if not under instruction from the department? And we, we talked about this a lot and we talked about wanting to get teachers' opinions on this as well, definitely. But do you think, you know, if teachers weren't un- under you know direct instruction, if they weren't kind of given a direct thing, do you think maybe 
they would not be working towards a test all the time. Does that make sense? Nola, can I get your opinions on yeah, that? Yeah, I 100% agree because I think that's the thing. It's like how much room do teachers have to actually change the course because they have a limited amount of time and a set curriculum to learn. There's not a lot there for them to change and do anything with. They have to like be, you know, because there is a test at the end of the thing. That's how the school structure is set up. So if the teacher's not preparing for the test, the students aren't going to do well in the test. And that's like, I guess the problem with the whole system. So putting the fault on the teachers, obviously you can't do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and Kieran, do you think, what do you think of this kind of test structure, of constantly working towards a test? Do you feel like this is really kind of in the student's best interest or do you think it's just the way our system's working? Honestly, I don't think it is in the student's best interest because a lot of students don't actually work well when given a strict deadline. They'd much rather have a situation where they're slowly learning the material at their own pace and don't feel the pressure of a mounting examination. And I think they'd be able to better understand the material if given it their own time. Absolutely agree. Do you think, Megan, um, do you kind of believe in the more continuous assessment type of route or do you think the big, you know, junior and leaving cert and big examinations at the end of three years is the way to go? I think definitely continual assessment would be better because then like a lot of people retain memory shorter and a lot of jobs is just from task A to task B. It's not jumping from task A to task like F or whatever. It really, I think it should be shorter together. Um, and how about you, Nola? Can I ask, do you think that you, do you feel like you work better working towards a test? Do you feel like test motivates you to study, to keep on top of work, to keep pushing through and, and therefore you have a deadline so you have something to work towards? Or do you think if you were just working in class, you didn't have as many tests, assessments constantly that you would work better? Which do you feel like works more for you? See, this is interesting because I do know a few people that work way better with big tests like they perform really really well in the tests but maybe not so great over the year and I guess I do I think tests do motivate me because it is kind of okay I just got to study for these two weeks and then after it it's all over and then I can just have my break and I can relax and and you get to feel like a real sense of pride at least I do anyways if you perform well after you've seen that you put in the effort and then you it's shown by your mark but possibly um, but it can also be, I can understand for people that don't learn that way, it can be extremely, extremely demotivating that all your hard work is placed into this one grade or one assignment. Absolutely, I agree. And maybe, Megan, if I can get your opinions on, do you feel as if the way our system's built now, and this, again, coming back to the question of the Irish system is fit for purpose, purpose that is, are we kind of putting a lot of, pressure on students and they're kind of thriving towards academic validation and maybe not just you know being validated in that they're working hard they're having to get this really good grade or a 90% grade just to feel like they've put in the hard work yeah I feel like that's definitely a big point because a lot of students like on academic they may be more creative which we're really lucky in the school we've got a lot of the creative side where a lot of schools don't have in the Irish education system so I think we're definitely lucky on that. But a lot of students are ac- academic and that's a lot to put on someone. Can I get your opinions on that, Kieran, as well? I think the fact that we're even talking about this in this format is proof enough that this school per- on its own is good at this. But not everyone has these types of classes and especially in the year we have, certain schools don't have anything 
for the TY. They just put them through random academic classes to try and get as much ready for the leaving cert as possible. I agree, absolutely. Um, and maybe if we can we can start with Nola maybe and, and get everyone's opinion. Um, but just I suppose in general, the the topic of homework, I suppose it's so it's it's I know even some teachers love it and hate it, and I think most students are probably on more the side of not liking it. But do you think in general, you know, uh, apart from the the fact of just not enjoying it or maybe not like doing it, do you think it's truly like beneficial to what students do? I feel like in sub in some subjects, sorry, it can really help. Like I feel like in maths, I do like the only way personally I can learn in maths is just by continually doing all the like um sums and the subjects um so doing maths homework does definitely help my maths grade but I think the problem with homework is like the idea is good but when you're getting an hour's worth in every single subject that's just going to pile on and pile on and then the students aren't able to properly focus into their work they're just focusing on getting it done rather than actually learning from it absolutely and Megan do you want to add to that as well um yeah the thing is a lot of the teachers don't take into account that we have other homework from other topics. So, like, it's only an hour's work. It's fine. You can do your dinner, go out and do whatever you want after that. But if we have, like, an hour and we have, like, nine classes a day, it builds up, like, really fast and we don't have time to do anything else. Yeah, and I definitely think that in certain subjects it doesn't help at all. Like, I don't necessarily think English is a subject where you need homework, especially because a lot of the homework we got last year was quotes. Which, to be honest, I think while they are using essays to drive points home, I don't think they necessarily actually needed for that purpose. And I think an explanation of the themes would be a far better solution for that in general. Absolutely. I think there's been really interesting points made by everyone today. And I think in general, um, it's we've really kind of delved into it. And there's so much more we could go on forever. Um, but just to ask each of you individually... A yes or no, I know it's hard, a yes or no answer, Nola, is our Irish education system fit for purpose and have we progressed? I think we have progressed, but I think there's a lot further to go for. Megan? I don't think we've gone there yet. Thank you, Ron. I think we've taken a lot of very important steps, but I think there are a lot more steps we need to take. Absolutely, I agree. Thank you very much for joining us today.